Opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment. Did you capture it? Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Over. Loud. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up. Daddies, he know he won't have it. He knows his whole back's to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's broke. He's so stagnant. He knows when he goes back to this mobile home, that's when it's back to the lab again, yo. This old rhapsody better go capture this moment and hope it don't. up wake up 502 it is going down a beautiful beautiful saturday morning here in the ville rashawn myers here taking care of you big exports radio 96.1 fm 1450 am and you know what today's about opportunities today's an opportunity for the university of louisville football team what are they going to do with it once again we've been here before we've seen it before the opportunity's been there before and we know what's happened to this point, but the question is, what's going to happen now? What are they going to do with it? We're going to talk about that and much, much more. I'll be joined shortly by uh, the architect himself, Mr. Haven Harrington, as well. I uh, hope to hear from Joe Kelly uh, as we get you guys ready uh, for everything going on this weekend. Louisville football uh, taking on top 10 rated Wake Forest uh, as well. University of Louisville, an absolutely humongous, uh, you know, showing last Friday um, for uh, for Louisville Live. Uh, have that going on. 
Um, so, you know, we're going to get into that and much, much more. Very, very excited to get into everything we got going on uh, this morning. Let's go ahead, and I believe we got our brother uh, uh, Joe Kelly uh, that's going to be joining us right now. Let's see if we can get brother Joe on the line. Let's see. Let's see. Good morning, brother. Is this, uh, is this brother Joe joining us this morning? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What is going on, brother? I brought you right on in. Look, see, look, you came right on in the open. The, the, got got half of the super friends here now. I know Haven Hanson will be here in studio in a hot little second, so he'll be joining us. But brother Joe, I know you was a uh, you was a uh, out on assignment last week. Welcome back in. How you doing, brother? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Interested to see what happens uh, today. It's opportunity, man. I mean, this is we've been here before, Joe. Um, you know, there's been a couple of opportunities um, similar to this over the last couple of seasons, whether you go back to, um, you know, the first year versus Notre Dame, uh, kicking off the season, kicking off the season versus Miami uh, in year two. Um, you know, and we've had some other games, uh, you know, opportunity type games sprinkled in over uh, Coach Satterfield's tenure. And, and, you know, coming off, of back-to-back wins, knocking off Virginia, knocking off Pittsburgh, um, this feels like another opportunity. You know, I mean, this yeah. is Scott Scott Satterfield. You know, what, what are you going to do with it? Well, like, what what do you think? And we have so much to get into. I want to get your thoughts on everything going on with the basketball team as well. And of course, if anybody wants to get involved, four one four fourteen fifty the Thornton's text line. Um, you can hit us up there as well. You can give us a call into the Wake Up Five Hundred Two Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty as well. But but Joe, what, what what are you thinking as far as the build up? There's been a lot of talk about you know Louisville's only a three point favorite, or excuse me, a three point dog in this game, three three and a half point favorite for Wake Forest. Um, you know, there's a big opportunity what do you see in terms of the setup for this matchup today i mean i feel like uh at the moment louisville's kind of the sexy pick you know why not um i think they probably well i mean i know they surprised me um getting the win against pittsburgh coming on back-to-back conference wins i mean they got a lot of momentum rolling with them right right at the moment so i understand why why the game's picked a little closer than, than some might expect. Rashawn, I'll tell you what, man, if, if Seth pulls this one off, go on and start calling him Jason Voorhees and Michael <laughs> Myers. You can't, you can't kill him in October. Hey, man. October is his month to shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I told you, I keep calling him Wayne Fonts. And, and, you know, for some of our younger listeners or, you know, not, not big NFL folks, they may not know who Wayne Fonts is. But Wayne Fonts was the former head coach of the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions were always a pitiful team. But for some reason, Wayne Fonts used to always just win enough. <laughs> and, of course, Barry Sanders helps with that, uh, to always keep from getting in real trouble. He could always find a way to just win enough for the Detroit people to be like, well, maybe he'll get it together, or maybe there's going to be a chance to do something. you know. And, and, and <laughs> but it, it seems like Scott Satterfield has that same Wayne Fonts-esque, uh, you know, tendency to just always find a way to get up off the mat. I was watching the Halloween uh, ends uh, last weekend, and, you know, just like Michael Myers just keeps on popping up. It doesn't, you know, doesn't matter. Michael, you know, he'll be gone for a while, and then all of a sudden he just pops up. <laughs> you know, he's back again. Satterfield's doing the same thing. Oh, it's – look, man, I'm I'm happy about it. 
you know, as we've talked about on here plenty of times, nobody roots against the coach at UML. I want him to win. You know, I want him to go undefeated every year. Absolutely. Um, it's just it's it's been hard to overlook some stuff. But right now, I'm gonna give the guys credit. You know, uh, I know we've said before, Haven and I have both said before, after some wins, now nah, it doesn't really say anything to me. Uh, I've got to see him put it together, uh, you know, a string of this. Well, he's put together back-to-back conference wins that I didn't think he was going to get. I know UVA is not great. I didn't expect to beat him, though. Especially not, you know, with, with Malik out and everything there. Last week, you know, Malik getting knocked around a little bit. It's it's good to see that that Satterfield's had to go to the go back into the kitchen and and kind of cook up some different things and he's and he's been willing to do that so I've been very critical of the guy I'm not going to overlook that I get the upset today man and I'll I'll eat all the crow next week absolutely I mean you know this this is a this is a chance you know versus a a top ten team to go out there and not necessarily make a statement but at least show that there's potential there. You know, I'm not going to go and say that uh, a victory versus Wake Forest means all is good and Louisville's on trajectory for greatness, Um, but it is definitely an opportunity. You know, I've always said that, you know, regardless of where Wake Forest is ranked, I feel like Louisville has more talent than Wake Forest. So that's why I think Louisville should go out there and beat Wake Forest. Yes, Wake Forest has been one of the better teams uh, in the conference since Satterfield has been there. And, yes, they've been a a team that's perennially – I think right now, Joe, they have been in the top 25 for the last 26 weeks, I I believe. Yeah, it just seems – it just doesn't seem right. That's not a <laughs> knock on it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from this team and that coaching staff. It's just uh, we talked about this in week one, and, and I think I've been. I don't want to say proven right, but I wasn't at least completely off base when I said, you know, Syracuse is a better team than people think. You yes. really have to ignore ignore the name on the helmet because it's very easy as, as a. I don't know why we do this more in football than we do in basketball. I guess it's because you're either a blue blood or you're not in football. Yeah. But it's very easy to just write a team off due to their past and, and what is their history. It's hard to accept a, a, a new kid on the block, so to speak, or an old dog on the corner that finally got their stuff, you know, their act together, such as Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a new program, but it's just odd to see them with a number next to their name. Um, Syracuse, unfortunately, is the same way. There's a couple of schools in, in each conference, but but that are, that that's true with. No, I mean, Wake Forest is a good team, though, man. They are a very physical defense. I mean that they 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 instill their will on you in, in the trenches. There, you have to ignore the damn sticker on the helmet with them. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's and the I thing with that's... college football. It's, it's definitely much more of a popularity contest in football. So, you know, Wake Forest just never has. I remember when Louisville beat Wake Forest in the uh, Orange Bowl. You know, nobody. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wake Forest, <clears throat> I believe they were one loss. Uh, or it was either, either one loss or two loss ACC champ. I think it was one. They were one loss team coming into that game. They were one loss ACC champion. Louisville beats them. And it was almost like, yeah, Louisville won the Orange Bowl, but it was only Wake Forest. So even though Wake Forest had a well, great year and, and and they were rated, you know, top 10 at, you know, at the time, I think they were rated like number eight when Louisville beat them. It just always seemed like it was like, yeah, but you know what I mean? It 
absolutely was a gab, but I mean, I, I went to that game and I just remember shaking my head, the tire ride down when we got there. And I said, hey, you know, man, is this just our, our fate? Cause it doesn't feel like there could be anything more university of Louisville football than we finally get a new year's day bowl. And it's against bleeping wake forest. <laughs> How am I going to get excited about that, man? I thought we'd get to play Florida state. I wanted to play, you know what I mean? And I'm rattling off all the teams we could have played. Yeah. But no, no, we got wake. Boom. <laughs> that's like making, that's like making a January one day and getting Duke. Yeah, You know, absolutely. I don't give a damn how good their season was. I don't give a damn that they had a top 10 uh, linebacker that, that turned out to be a bust and, and Aaron Curry that year. I don't care if they had a quarterback, Riley Skinner. There's never been a more Wake Forest sounding quarterback than Riley Skinner. <laughs> and and their fans, I don't know how they are today, Rashawn, but I'll tell you in 2007, they were the happy-go-luckiest SOBs I'd ever come across. <laughs> the amount of guys who bought shots of bourbon for us and, at the bar and said, yeah, you know, you all have a great team, uh, Harry Douglas, Brian Braun, Michael Bush, we're just happy to be here. Like, they knew our roster forwards and backwards. They were knowledgeable. They were nice. I went down there with the full intention of smack-talking them and met them at the, the first night and said, oh, I can't be mean to these dorks. They're so nice. <laughs> I know, I mean, but it is, it's just, it's one of those things where <clears throat> unless you have that sexy program, like even, you know, it's very difficult to become that sexy program. Like Clemson was able to do it because for the longest time, Clemson was the butt of jokes. But, you know, they, they finally broke through, you know, and got that well, legitimacy. Up, but, but, but Clemson had a championship in the 80s. Yeah. And, yeah. and the joke with Clemson was that they Clemsoned. Yes, the you Clemsoning. Know, they just yes. choked. But they were always they were always respected. I, I would say there's only two real programs in, in my lifetime because the U started winning championships a year or two before I came around. Okay. In my lifetime, there are two programs who have become relevant, and we're watching one of them slip away to be becoming irrelevant very quickly, and that's Virginia Tech. The other one would be Oregon. Okay. Okay, yeah. Other yeah. than that, I can I cannot think of any two programs that became household names in the last 40 years. I mean, B- that's BYU, I know B- BYU kind of, you know, did their Yeah. You know, they they kind of they kind of had BYU BYU and BYU and Houston I think fall in that category of y'all missed your shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had their little moment in the sun, but yeah, quickly went away. But I mean, it is. I mean, college football is definitely a have and a have not, and it's definitely you know going all the way back to how they selected their champions and the fact that you could have mm-hmm. remember, remember when you know you could have different champions depending on which publication you want to listen to versus the AP and the coaches. I mean, it was just very college football has always been a very odd little bird. I mean, you know, so that's the difference between basketball. Basketball has always been about everybody's going to get their opportunity and you're going to prove it on the court. So, you know, regardless of whether you're big, big school, little school, you know, big enrollment, it's going to get played out on the field. Where college football, is de- it has always been more about, well, these are the people that we like and these are the people that we're going to give the most opportunity to and the rest of you all just going to have to suck it unless you just have, like, an amazing season. <laughs> like, you have to be great. 
you know, but we don't think you're that great, so we're going to kind of stack the deck against you. But, I mean, no, but it, it, but that all that being said, for what Louisville has, this opportunity, I think that if they get this win today, it is a declaration that Louisville football still has a pulse. Um, but, you know, I, I think that while there is great opportunity, Louisville's going to have to go out there, play a much better team than they have played yet thus far this year. Um, I think that clearly Wake Forest is the best team that they've played. Pittsburgh came into this preseason ranked. Um, you know, that they were doing all right early, but they did get ravaged by injuries. Um, and and uh, Slovis, the quarterback, just has not been able to take over, in, uh, you know, for Kenny Pickett and give them anywhere near the productivity activity uh, that they were getting last year with the, uh, the the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft, who is now uh, – well, he was starting for Pittsburgh, but then he got hurt. I don't know if he's back yet for the Steelers or not. But, you know, need, needless to say, um, Pittsburgh took a big step backwards at the quarterback position. Uh, and that being the case, they just have not been able to get that offense – uh, going. Their, their running game has been great. A- A- Anna Banakanda, <laughs> uh, Walla Walla Washington, however you say his last name. Uh, that right. young man, uh, you know, it, it came into the, you know, into that game, uh, you know, on fire. I mean, he literally broke uh, Herschel Walker's uh, single game rushing record uh, at Pittsburgh. Louisville did a great job uh, of kind of shutting him down, and it was pretty much once you were able to shut down that Pitt running game, um, they didn't have much left. You know, and, and I think that that's that right there is where um, I think Wake Forest provides a different opponent. Um, if you really look at it, there's not really been a team that Louisville has beaten this year that's been able to be effective through the air. If you look at the games that they've lost, whether it be um, uh, Florida State, uh, Boston College, you know, the, those teams like that, they were able to take advantage. I, I would say, um, uh, you know, cause, uh, because of what Zay Flowers was able to do for what uh, Wilson was able to do, those guys were able to make plays over the top, you know, in the games that they won. Virginia, not able to pass the ball effectively. Um, you know, you look at Pittsburgh, not able to pass the ball effectively. Same thing with uh, uh, Plumlee, uh, John Rice Plumlee with uh, Central Florida. And South Florida's just terrible. You know, but none of those teams were really able to take advantage of where Louisville has been weakest and that's in the past game getting over the top taking advantage of the safety's coverage that's going to be something that wake forest can take advantage of and, and that's why this game if louisville wins it they're going to have to win it because wake is going to score they're going to throw it over the top they have those big six four six five receivers that they love to throw those 50 50 balls to um so if, if they win this it's going to be impressive in my personal opinion I was looking at, at the roster and the stats, and that was something that jumped out to me. Is that, oh, dude, we're going to be playing jump ball all day, and I did not like our secondary's odds. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that right there is, is where the rubber meets the road in this one to me, Joe. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where if you're going to win it, you're going to have to be better. Like, I don't look at – Louisville, like I love what I saw from the, the the front seven and that pressure that they were able to put on um, on Pittsburgh last week. I, I mean, Abdullah was absolutely yeah. dominant. He was dominant. Same thing with Yaya Diaby. I mean, Abdullah had such a great game that people forgot. Uh, Yaya Diaby is the guy who got things started last week for Louisville. Like in the first half, 
he dominated at the line of scrimmage. Like Abdullah got ended up getting the interception on that great, uh, you know, on that coverage down the field on that great pick, and then he kind of took over in the second half. But Yaya was a monster all night. I don't think he's gotten nearly enough praise for what he did uh, last week. So you know, I love what the defensive line is doing, but with Wake, you know, all it takes is for you to slip up one time and and, you know they throw one over the top and we've seen Louisville get burned by that you know whether it's Josh Minkins or MJ Griffin uh, Kendrick Duncan um, whoever's back there in the secondary it is going to be paramount that those guys are on their P's and Q's because Louisville cannot win this game if the secondary does not play well I mean do you are you getting that same read or or, or, you know do you think that they can put enough pressure on there to where maybe those guys don't have to be as good in the in the secondary that's what I was about to say is that if, if the secondary is what they it, it is what it is you know those guys are who they are they are who we think they were um, best friend who is struggling secondary man is getting pressure on the ball from the front seven so I think that needs to be the challenge in the locker room today and and I'd call my secondary out you know I'd I'd get my defensive unit together and I would just say we we don't have any faith in our secondary we can't put these guys on islands. You know, the head coach damn near said it, but he didn't throw you guys under the bus when he said he caught flack for it too. Satterfield caught a lot of flack when he said, we can't ask players to do things they're not comfortable with. Well, yes, I do. I will agree that, that what, what point do you recruit over those guys? There's been some developmental issues in the secondary for sure, but there's also been something about them not clicking as a cohesive unit with the cornerbacks and the safeties. The safety plays have just been awful, and it's made the cornerback play look worse than I think it actually is if you if you really grade out the tape. Um, that's just based on the eye test, though, not actually grading it. So I would I would say, you know, we trust our corners for a, 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 a Short amount of time. Don't don't make don't make them don't make them go out and win the matchup because they're not going to do it. Especially not against guys that got that, that are six four, six four, six three, six five. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and, and so, you know, and also you know they have that that funky style that that slow mm-hmm. slow mesh read thing. Like I, I don't even know. I still haven't figured out. Like watching them, watching Wake Forest offense, watching that claw fence. <laughs> it's like it's like when you watch a knuckleball pitcher, you know, like Tim Wakefield. Yep. yep. You know, watching Tim Wakefield throw that knuckleball, I could never really get an understanding of how, why, and what I was watching, and why was it so effective? Like I, I've never been able to figure out the knuckleball. <laughs> okay, like I, because I see this man throwing this ball at about eighty miles an hour. You know, and these mm-hmm. guys are just swinging, it's moving all over the place. <laughs> like that's the that's the Wake Forest offense to me. You know what I mean? It just it's right. perfect. It's, it's very that's weird perfect description of it. <laughs> no, it's 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 unorthodox. It's weird and it's physical. So yeah. that's a really really bad thing. It's sort of like I mean, they to an extent it's what Baltimore in the NFL wants to do with their roster. Right, where they they just they want. So you remember when the Wildcat took the NFL by storm? Oh yeah, I remember some some former players from U of L talking to them the following summer and asking them, "How did y'all get dog walked by by 
Ronnie Brown and the and the Wildcat. And I remember a couple of those dudes just laughing and saying, "Man, this sounds so ridiculous, but <laughs> it's such a basic style of of football, man. None of us had seen it since like middle school. Like we all played high school football in Florida and Georgia. We had man, we haven't seen this since seventh grade." And it's so foreign by then, and you don't think they're really going to do it. And then, boom, they do it. And you're like, well, I look like an idiot. (laughs) You have to play very, very, very disciplined against Wake Forest. And that is such a hard sentence to say again because, you know, it's hard to accept a team that's not a traditional powerhouse. Um, Yeah, they better be on it, man. And it starts with that front seven today. If they don't get pressure, it's going to be a long day for the secondary. And they'll get torched. Absolutely. I mean, and then they'll start playing on their heels, and that's when the running game just smashes this defense. Oh, hey, and that—that's when it gets scary. So I, you know, I, I am looking forward to it. I, I cannot wait to see what Louisville can do. It's an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I, I will save my thoughts on what's actually going to happen until we get. Uh, Leanne in here, uh, you know, for our pick segment. But needless to say, Louisville does have an opportunity. Just like Eminem said, you know, you got one shot. You know, what are you going to do with it? So we'll have to see. But you know what? You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashad Myers, Joe Kelly coming to you. Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM. We'll be right back on Wake Up 502. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Joe Kelly taking care of you. 96.1 FM, Big X Sports Radio. It is going down on an opportunity Saturday. Opportunity for the University of Louisville. Opportunity for the University of Kentucky taking on Tennessee. After a big win to kind of steady the ship, the Cats have an opportunity to go down to Knoxville and uh, take on an undefeated Tennessee team. So a lot lot of chances. A lot of chances, Joe. As, as I, I don't know. If anybody's gonna take advantage of them, but you know, it, it's better to have the, the have the chance than not have it at all. So <laughs> we'll we'll see. I, I I am I have been, you know, like I I thought that that Mississippi State was gonna be the death blow uh, to to Stoops and company down there in Lexington. Like they were not playing great. Um, and after losing to South Carolina, I was like, yeah, they have no chance. So they came back and they actually showed me something. And Louisville kind of did the same thing. You know, they come back, uh, you know, they knock off Virginia, they knock off Pittsburgh. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, maybe maybe I called it too early. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to take uh, for either one of these two teams. It's going to be very interesting. And, uh, you know, of course, um, quick programming announcement. Um, of course, uh, we will be on site there, 1481 South Shelby Street. Um, they're 21st in Germantown today, um, of course, from 4 to 6. Uh, we will be broadcasting. And, of course, as you know, University of Louisville will be taking on Wake Forest starting at 3.30 on the, uh, I believe it's ACC Network is where they're at today. 
Uh, so we will actually be broadcasting during the game. So if you want to come out, hear our thoughts and live commentary, uh, come on out to 21st in Germantown. If you're not going to the game, it is a great place to sit, watch all the games. They have a ton of TVs, uh, great food. Um, I, I actually had uh, Joe. I, I know you have. Have you had any of the new the new menu items um, at 21st since they changed the menu up? I have not. Hey, I have not had a chance to to try that out. I had the brisket sandwich last night okay and oh okay. I, I was there last night for karaoke um and i got the, the the brisket and let me tell you something it was a it was substantial it was a humongous sandwich uh but then b it was amazing like the, 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 their their house made barbecue sauce um you know the brisket was absolutely amazing they also have burnt ends as well pulled pork Ooh. um that they have it is a it, they have all of their great you know the og melt which is of course uh, my favorite the uh, it's almost like a, a hamburger if a, if the ha- if a hamburger and a grilled cheese sandwich had a baby that's what you have on the og melt you can get it with the egg on top and that just takes it to a whole nother level um they still have all their great offerings, the smoke wings, which Joe almost fell over and, and cried the first time he had the smoke mm-hmm. wings. Uh, you know, they still have all those great offerings, but the, 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 new, the new menu items, the barbecue, the burned ends, um, amazing. Amazing. So come on out, uh, 1481 South Shelby Street uh, for game day 502. Uh, you can watch the game. You can cheer and, and hear me and Joe curse at the television live on the air. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or if you're if you're watching from home, I mean, I really wish the first opportunity we got to do this was an away game. Uh, yes. That way, people that are watching from home, man, feel free to throw it on mute and listen to us do play by play. I promise you, it'll be more entertaining. Oh, absolutely. I promise you. I promise you, we know the roster better. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, no one wants we to listen to ACC network coverage. Though. Like, you know. Hey, man, we will not be telling you. Uh, in the first quarter and reminding you in the third quarter that Stefan LaForge is the only member of his family with the gift of hearing. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, 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 you know, doesn't it always seem, Joe, every time I watch one of those ACC Network broadcast games, doesn't it always seem like those announcers are cheering for whoever Louisville's playing? Like, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God, the ACC hates us. I, I, I'm, I'm not paranoid on this one, man. And for years, I'm the guy that told folks, ESPN doesn't hate you. ESPN has has something to sell. If Louisville's good, they're selling that. If Louisville's getting in scandals, they're selling that. Is what it is. The ACC network, though, I feel like the ACC in general just treats us like, now listen to him, damn it. We gave y'all an invite into the neighborhood, and then y'all come up here with stripper poles and, <laughs> and Adidas bags and Y'all ain't been here enough to be dropping bags and, and this soon. Come on, now. Yeah, only North Carolina can do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, North. That's North Carolina and Preseas <laughs> University. Y'all, y'all got to get your weight up. Yeah. Oh, oh it, it is. It is definitely one of those things where I feel like there's. It just seems like I, I don't care whether it's on the basketball side. You know, Corey Alexander. Uh, the, when anytime I watch the basketball games, it seems like whoever Louisville's playing, it just seems like you know they're like, "Come on, Clemson, get it together. You got to make that pass or make that play or make that shot." And and football's the same way. It just it always seems like it's a little slanted. So I agree with Joe. Turn down your television. Turn up. Uh, you know, get 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 on Facebook Live. Um, get on uh on 
find uh, at R A A S H A A N on Twitter um, or Facebook.com slash Rashawn, and you can just turn us up and listen to us. We can all just enjoy each other's uh, either celebration of misery as we watch the game. So uh, definitely, if you don't get the opportunity, if you're out at the game, um, you know, of course, you, you can listen to us if you'd like. I'd, I'd, I'd really appreciate that. But really and truly, if you're if you're at home, come on out. Get some food, um, you know, great food, great drink specials, um, so many things going on 21st in Germantown. So I definitely wanted to give them a shout out uh, and just kind of remind everybody that that's going to be going down this afternoon. Um, so, you know, I, it, it's it's one of those things where I feel like this is a game where regardless, win or lose, we're going to want to be around each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this, this is one, you know, like I'll go home and watch the, a terrible game or watch Louisville play some FCS team at home by myself. But a big game like this is always better around people. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And the other thing that you can do if you're old and washed uh, and, and too sensible to get out tonight, come out. Day will be over by 6, 30, 7 o'clock. Maybe you hang out, have a cocktail or two. That allows you to stay out just long enough to say you went out and saw some, some morons in costumes on Halloween, but you didn't stay out past the witching hour. Yeah. You still get to feel like you did something, but really you didn't and you were safe and responsible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we always love responsible people. <laughs> hey, man, and sometimes, sometimes part of getting older is tricking yourself into thinking you still had fun. Yeah, <laughs> I could have stayed out. I could have stayed out later, you know. But man, Home Depot tomorrow, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I still haven't learned that lesson, which is why I think you're you're kind of speaking about me because yeah, I feel like you know what that was awesome. I should have went home and went to bed <sighs> last night. Instead, I was singing karaoke until I won't mention what time in the morning. <laughs> man, and those those late night, early mornings, they catch up with me now. I, I used to be a tank, man. I could just do it. Give me give me a side of bacon and, and a biscuit. I'm good to go. <laughs> no, man. Now I'm like, who's got who's got an IV and some medical grade oxygen for your boy? <laughs> yeah, I need that Vegas breakfast. Real talk, hey, I promise. You know what I mean? It's like just just rally, just a sausage biscuit and rally. That's about all you got time for, <laughs> right? And that's not even a good one. It's one from the gas station, right? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, unless you go to one of our our sixty three thousand eight hundred and fifty two local area Thorntons, because if you go there, you're going to have a wonderful breakfast or a donut. You know, so you know. We, we, hey, we, I'm gonna tell you right now. I stumbled upon the uh, cinnamon sugar donut holes of Thornton's. Oh yes, as the as the best snack at a gas station. Absolutely. Oh, oh, w- w- without a doubt. Like Thornton's, uh, the the donut holes and the just the donuts in general, man. There, there's a Thornton's out on Blankenbaker uh, Parkway, and, and I go there. Um, I, my my work uh, used to be out on Blankenbaker Parkway, and I would go there religiously every morning and get two chocolate Long Johns. And I'm telling you, it's the best Long Johns I've ever had in my life. I had to stop eating them because I was I had a problem, Joe. <laughs> I, had a, I had a problem, you know what I'm saying? I had to just detox from getting the, the, the uh, chocolate Long Johns, man. <laughs> it, it was wonderful. So, so needless to say, yes, it, it, the best breakfast you could get. If you're going to get gas station breakfast, please go to Thornton's and get it done. <laughs> hey, oh, and by the way, we already got our, our text rolling in. Uh, 414-502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Um, a couple of texts coming in. Uh, it says, uh, this is for uh, Haven. Oh, look, hey, look, look, speak, speak of the devil and he shall appear haven we got a a a text in for you uh 
So hold on, let me get you get get your mic on. Say hello to the people, Haven. Hello to the people. There he goes. Uh, so Haven, we got a text for you. I know you you, you rolling up with this. Um, says this is for Haven. He says I guess Louisville. Um, he said I guess Louisville are not going to get rid of Satterfield if he wins today. But I doubt Louisville will win today. Bring primetime home. What do you what, what what do you think about that? I know I'm putting you in the hot seat, but that <laughs> since the text was for you. I'm going to allow you to answer that, but I, would you agree if, if Satterfield finds a way to get this win today versus Wake Forest, uh, he's going to be here, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it does appear that way. If he beats Wake Forest, he'll be at 5-3 and three with the win over a top-10 team. He should be able to scratch out one more win after that. James Madison has lost, what, two of the last three games. Uh, NC State is without the starting quarterback. So he, he should be able to split the difference. He's getting one of those, which will put him at six. He's safe. Yeah. I, I mean, he'll, he'll be safe. He gets to six six again like he was last year. Oh, if he gets away for us, he's going to have – he better have seven wins, I would think. You win this game today. I mean, James Madison and NC State should be layups, right? They, they should be. But so is Boston College. So you just never know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you, you just you just never know what you know what's going to get with this team. So he'll he'll get to six and six, um, and he'll keep his uh, he'll, he'll keep his job. And that's all it takes. And then next year, he has his his top ranked recruiting class coming in, the best in the Cardinal football history. Uh, but I just you know we just want to warn folks. So I know everybody's excited about this recruiting class mm-hmm. coming in, but this isn't like basketball. I mean, the recruiting class come in, and yes, you know, a lot of these guys will start, but they're true freshmen. So it's going to take that's them a while. Good. It, it's it's going to take them a while to get acclimated to college sports. Hey, I can tell you one dude that's not going to take the time to get them acclimated, Reuben Owens. <laughs> <laughs> Reuben, so, Reuben Owens will run for 1,500 yards his first year at Louisville. <laughs> like, that dude's like Bo Jackson <clears throat> and, and, and Earl Campbell. And, and like Barry Sanders, all in one body. Like I, I, like I, I hate to like hype up any guy, but Louisville's never gotten a kid like that. Just watching him, you know, all you know, he's like six three, you know, two hundred thirty some odd pounds. That dude, like, that's the one guy Haven that like I am just crossing my fingers and my toes and my eyes, hoping that Louisville holds on to him. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean the thing is like there's a lot. I mean there's a ton of studs in this class, but this is still you know there's still a big jump from high school to college. Absolutely, and you still have that acclimation period. And we talked about this before. You know, Louisville loses like almost the entire starting offensive line, and yes. a lot of defensive talent, especially in the front seven. So you know you're going to take another step back next year. So you're looking at five seasons. Of, well, actually, if you don't count Stafford's first season, you're going to look at four straight seasons of six and six, almost, of, yeah. of, of, of mediocre football. And hopefully, the year after, they can maybe start to make that, that next jump up if there is a jump to make. But, yeah, you, but, but you're going to be looking at maybe another one or two years, even after this year, of mediocre football while the talent starts to jail. And if he can coach him up. And since he's been yeah. here, he hasn't proven that he can coach anybody up. And that's the other issue is that you really haven't seen a lot of progression in 
in a talent base. Now, he's transferred in <clears> a <throat> lot of talent through the tra- transfer portal and brought in talent. Yeah. But the guys who's been here with them the whole time, the guys who should be in the system, they're kind of like the same dudes they were when they first got here. So, you know, we'll just have to see. But, yeah, yeah. If, he, if he wins this game, hey, I, I'm gonna tell you what, he's, though, he's, he's golden. I, I, the thing I saw, and, and, Joe, you can tell me if you saw a thing, Haven, you as well. The, first, the thing that I've seen from Satterfield the last two weeks that feels different, and I know you talk about classically what he's done so far and where he's been, the sense of desperation of I got to either poop or get off the pot type things, like – the, the desperation and the sense of urgency the last two weeks has just been different. The fact that they were able to kind of uh, circle the wagons and get it done with Doman at quarterback at Virginia, and then just that outright full – it looked like Wink Martindale calling a blitz-every-time defense <laughs> against Pittsburgh last week. Like, I haven't felt that sense of – it just seemed like everybody was playing with a different sense of energy and urgency that I haven't seen before. Like, like, do you at least – did you at least kind of get that sense as well? Well, you know, we felt this last year when he was on the hot seat. Like, every time he, he's been on the hot seat, it was like, man, you know what, we may have to let him go. This is it. Like last year, we looked horrible against Ole Miss. And then we look like, then we come back and we look like a completely different team. And throughout the season, as his seat gets hotter and he starts to get more desperate, the coaching changes. You know, the, the, the energy is there, the aggressive comes in. So, like, maybe, being, maybe keeping Saturn on a permanent hot seat is what, is what we need to do. It's like literally just like, dude, look. I always feel like your job is on the line, bro. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <clears throat> no, I mean, <clears throat> that's a good, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think that it is different. The only thing, you know what, though, and, and this is the one thing that bothers me. Well, one of the things that bothers me about Sat and the way he's handled things this year. It was just so funny because everybody made a big deal of, you know, the the fact that, Satterfield was going to take a bigger interest and a bigger role on the defensive side. And, of course, Louisville comes out and has one of their, if not their most complete offensive game versus Virginia. And Satterfield broke his neck to try to come out and make sure that he let everybody, oh, no, I called all the plays. I know that I said that Lance Taylor was going to kind of try to take the lead with that. But, no, that was still all me. That was all me. But as the defense has gotten better and better and playing better, he has not given any sort of props to Brian Brown at all at all. Like I haven't heard him give one compliment to anything as far as the change in the defense or the the way the defense is stepping up. But the first opportunity he had to kind of step out and say, "Oh no, that was my offense that got it done." He made sure to pat himself on the back. I don't know why that annoys me so much. Because his offense hasn't been getting it done the past couple of weeks. I mean, it's it's, it's literally been <clears> like, I mean, even the last game against Pitt was a defensive effort. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but it's great defense. But I've never heard him come out and just say a hell of a game plan put together by by Brian. You know, he's been under a lot of fire, and it's, I'm just happy for him to come out there and do. Like, I haven't heard him come out and support his coaches at all. Like, Joe, am I crazy? I mean, maybe he doesn't support him. Would you support him <laughs> at this point? I mean, so, I, mean I mean, like, truthfully, the, like, if, if, if you look at it though, the, the defense coordinator, yes, sir. But if I'm your defensive coordinator, don't I have to show it to you a little more? Like, kind of like we keep saying about Seth, 
Uh, yeah, man, good game. Let's see him do it two in a row. I mean, isn't that, it, it, that that's where I'd be. I mean, but really and truthfully, this year the defense has been the better unit overall. I mean, you know, th- this has been by far Louisville's worst offensive season, and the defense has saved the bacon for Louisville several games this year. I mean, that pass rush, as we talked about last week, the second most disruptive pass rush in all of college football behind Ohio State is the University of Louisville. I mean, the the the, the step up inability. I mean, the defense after the first couple of weeks, I want to say they were like 102nd. They've moved all the way into the top 40 in total defense. Uh, and and right, right now they have the um, – I, I want to say they're in the top 15 in sacks on the season, tackles for okay. losses. I mean, they're doing okay, great. But talk to me at the end of the year, though, because I feel like that sort of – and I'm not <clears throat> trying to take away from, from the success they've had, but I feel like a big – big part of that is exactly what you talked about in the games that we've won we haven't beaten a team that has a good passing attack yes i think that says more about the quarterback play and and in the the second half of the of the schedule thus far oh absolutely oh no i i totally agree with you there my only point was when there was a good offensive game, Satterfield broke his neck to come out and take credit for it. But the defense, you know, thus far, yes, I understand there's some better teams left on the schedule. But when the defense has played a great game, I've never heard him come out and credit his defensive coaches for anything. And, and, yeah. And that, I mean, that's that's fair. But also nobody other than Scott's wife right now is complimenting him. So he, he's got to get his love in, in somewhere. You know, this is a coach we just need to love on him. And, 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 and you know what? Scott's out here leading by example. If you can't love yourself, you can't ask other people to love you. So that's all he's doing. He's, he, this, is, this is leadership 101, gentlemen. Yeah. Look at our coach. Yeah, that's, that, that's fair. I mean, I mean seriously, though, I, I do feel like, and, and this all speaks back to, to maybe there is no learning curve. This may just be Satterfield's personality. But – I do think I'm not exactly sure anymore how to how to describe um, the way that he reacts and handles stuff. But I, I do think he's he's a little defensive in a lot of different areas. And I think I think when he comes out and says he called the plays, that's because I mean to our man who texted into Haven, he's got a great bit going on Twitter. This fool is replying to literally every tweet with hashtag Bring Brom Home. <laughs> uh, he is dedicated. Um, people around the around the football team have made the joke. You know, there's a certain radio show that calls you Ned Flanders. <laughs> this stuff gets. Ba- what I'm saying is, is if you get on radio, if you get on the text line, <laughs> if you get on Twitter, if you're out here, if you're out here making TikToks or whatever else the youngs are doing, it gets back to them. You know, and and I think Scott knows that his seat has been pretty warm this year and that and that fans seem kind of fed up and there's this guy from up the road that he mentioned preseason well he can have the job when i'm done with it you know what i mean i think all that that sort of speaks to to when he has a good game he comes out and beats his chest to see what i did that's me that's me y'all want to get rid of me you need to let me get my thing going here and we'll do this more often yeah 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 no that's fair you know what and and you if you have a if you find a way to get this win today, then you can come out and beat your chest all you like. I I, I would fully support that. You can Hulk Hogan your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Absolutely. No, I agree. I mean, so, you know, I, I do. I definitely think there is a defensive aspect to it. Uh, and, and, you know, it's understandably so. You know, you have a guy who who feels like, you know, he knows what he needs to get it done. It hasn't always worked out, um, you know, for the best most of the time. So, you know, when he has an opportunity to show, hey, you know, I still have some ability and I'm still uh, a guy who can get it done at this level, yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to do that. I just – I don't know. I, I, I would just like to see some of that praise being heaped on – um, you know, a, a defense that's been very much maligned. And while you're ready to pat your own self on the back for when the offense plays well, I feel like you need to do that for the defense as well. I, 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 that, that, that's my only issue with it. I'm definitely okay for self-promotion, but it's, all, it's also okay for you to kind of lift up your other coaches as well, especially when you know uh, the defense gets killed on the regular. Um, but uh, the, back to the Thorns text line, I got a couple other texts coming in. It says, this one is for Joe. Uh, <laughs> it says, Wisconsin women's volleyball or Wisconsin women's volleyball. <laughs> He's silly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Are you aware, you aren't aware of the, the shenanigans going on with Wisconsin women's volleyball? Are, are you, Joe? I'm sorry, no. <laughs> um. So I'm not gonna say what's happening. All I'm gonna say is just go to your phone and the Google and just look up uh, Wisconsin women's volleyball scandal. I'll just I'll just put it up there. I'm not even gonna get into to what that's all about. Uh, but yeah. Very interesting. Also, we have, have another text into the text line. Uh, good morning, Wake Up 502 main event, also known as the Cardinal Culture. He says, Kenny Payne didn't seem uh, confident in the red-white scrimmage when he talked to Rutherford. <laughs> um, we have not gotten into basketball yet. Um, definitely, we are going to get into that hour number two. I, I want to get kind of everybody's thoughts on the whole uh, red-white scrimmage and getting ready for Illinois Ryan coming in tomorrow afternoon. Um, definitely going to get into that. So, yeah, Kenny Payne had some interesting thoughts and uh, just so just some thoughts overall on, on where we're at and uh, the opportunity to possibly add a, another transfer, uh, like super late in the process. Um, so we're, we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, we do have one other uh, text, oh. text in. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe just found. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's not cool. Yeah, very interesting things going on up there in Wisconsin. <laughs> man, whoever leaked that, I'm just gonna go on and say y'all y'all need a weapon. <laughs> and whoever's doing stuff like this in 2022, y'all need <clears throat> fathers in your life. Y'all have to be damn man. That's that's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Oh, uh, that's, that's all I'm gonna say on that. That that's fair. That that is absolutely fair. <laughs> um, uh, texter, it's a Thor's text. I got one more before we hit the hit the top of the hour break. Texter says, "A, sorry, prime time is not ready for Power Five. He's all talk." And B, Florida State's uh, the 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 defense was horrible versus both Florida State and Boston College. I mean, I, I'll definitely say they gave up some big plays over the top. All in all, they were playing pretty well. They they definitely had you know both Boston College and. Um, Florida State down at the half big. I, I will also say once again in those games, if the you know the defense, I believe gave uh, Louisville three turnovers in the first half, and I want to say the offense only turned that into three points on three turnovers. So while you know you can definitely get on the defense, they gave opportunities in both those games for the offense to kind of put the game away, and the offense didn't do their job. 
Um, so while I agree with you, the defense will, you know, seeing Zay Flowers and Wilson go over the top and get those long touchdown passes, it shouldn't have mattered because the offense should have been able to put up enough points to put that game away. Um, that, that's all I'll kind of say on that. But, I, yes, the defense definitely could have been better in the second half. But I tell you what, fellas, we are going to go ahead, hit the, 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 uh, the top of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to get into this Kenny Payne regime getting started. Real deal. We got to see the red and white scrimmage last week, Louisville Live as well last Friday night. Um, so we're going to get into that and much, much more. You listen to Wake Up 502 96.1 FM, and we'll be back on Big X Sports Radio. Rashawn Myers, Joe Kelly, Haven Harris, taking care of you this morning. 96.1 FM, very spirited first hour. And now we're back for number two, and we're going to get into a little bit of this basketball. We're going to um, give you guys your thought, the thoughts on, uh, you know, what's going to happen uh, with Louisville football once Leanne comes in. We'll give our, our, our thoughts on the game um, you know, in general, as far as what we think is going to happen. Uh, but, you know, we, we definitely want to turn the page. Uh, Louisville basketball, it's time. Uh, out there at KFC Yum Center, was out there last, uh, fr- uh, last Sunday. I did not go to Louisville Live on uh, Friday. Um, Haven Harrington was there, of course. We kind of talked with Haven about that. Um, you know, last week and talked about all the pomp and circumstance. But it was time to, you know, at least see the first edition of the Cardinals out there. It was a, the red-white scrimmage. Um, you know, got to check those guys out last uh, Sunday. Um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe or Haven, did, did you all get to see any of the highlights? That I don't think either one of you guys were in attendance. Did you all get to see any of the, the clips from that? I No, I didn't get back uh, back in town. I know you were in Nashville. Louisville. Yeah, I didn't get back Sunday till late afternoon. Okay, and I was scrambling trying to kind of, trying to find video of, of Louisville live on Friday. Rewatched the pit game from Saturday, and I mean, I just picked one hell of a weekend <laughs> to, uh, to to plan a trip out of town. Right? Yes. This is why you don't plan stuff seven months in advance during football season. I realized, ah, oh, crap, that's homecoming plus all, like basketball tip off. Man, all right. I, I will Oops. say this though, Joe. Even though you know there was definitely a lot going on, and definitely this was the place to be, I was still jealous of you. Like it seemed like you had an outstanding time there in Nashville. Man, let me just say this: um, if you are a single man in a slump, <laughs> go south, young man. <laughs> go to go to Nashville for about forty-eight hours. Anything more than that, you're doing way too much. Um, one of one of the women in our group referred to me at one point as the Pied Piper of drunk women. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. My musk must have been smelling strong or something because it was it, it was bizarre. I have seen the Joe Kelly like, magic yeah. in action. I will say that I've seen the Joe Kelly magic. It's it's amazing. Look, I was just like, man, am I unpunked? <laughs> this this place, I could lose my soul if I if I moved down here. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was uh it was a great time though great weekend great friends um yeah didn't get to see any football until i got back though okay okay no problem yeah i mean and it was it was it was what it was i mean the red white scrimmage we've seen red white scrimmages before and we've seen you know i saw otis george go for like 40 <laughs> in a red white scrimmage <laughs> there's only so much you can, i think terrence farley had a game where he went for like 25 <laughs> and 18 so you know my man george good balled out in a red white scrimmage one year and i was telling everybody goody gonna be that man this year you know what i mean mm-hmm. so, so we it's only so much you can take out of a red white scrimmage but it was definitely a good opportunity with so many new faces and just the fact that, you know, you're going to get to see Kenny Payne and maybe start to get an idea of what he's looking for uh, from his team. It was a great chance to kind of see that and see the new faces out there like Kamari Lands, um, you know, like Devin Ree, uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield and all those guys. Um, so, you know, it, it was it was interesting. Um, I, I will say. Uh, there's a lot of size, obviously. Um, that's kind of been the point that so many people have continued to tell you is how tall everybody is and how big they are and how long they are. They are definitely big. They are definitely long. Um, I, I will say de- uh, uh, I am impressed with Kamari Lands. Like, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. This guy has an opportunity to be Louisville's first one and done. Like, legit freshman oh. one and done. Like, I, I really and truly do believe that. Um, you know, I, I of course, he has a long way to go, and everything is kind of taken with a grain of salt because um, it is a red-white scrimmage, and I personally think that, you know, the place where Louisville has gonna, is going to probably have the, the, the furthest to go is perimeter defense. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he was facing the stiffest competition in terms of being able to put pressure on him while he's handling the ball. But that young man is a legit 6'8". And his jump shot is gorgeous. Like, he's going to be the best shooter on the team. I saw him score from all three levels. He hit a couple of threes, had some nice runners, spin fades in the lane, attacked, got all the way to the basket, finished through contact, and won. Um, He's got very nice size. He's got wide shoulders, which means he can put on probably another 20 or 30 pounds easily and, and keep all of that athleticism. He's a very impressive prospect. Um, I, uh, he's a guy who I think, you know, Kenny Payne continues to talk about his player development and what he's able to do, um, you know, and that's what he's preaching to guys like A.J. Johnson and Elliot Cadeau, uh, who he's trying to get to come be a part of the University of Louisville. Well, I'll tell you what, if he can get and develop Kamari Lands, that's going to be the proof positive of his development program. Uh, and he has a kid that has the ability to be able to make him look really good. Um, so I, I think that – where you can, you know, while there are other guys that are more important, of course, uh, you know, Sidney Curry, L. Ellis, those two are still your best two players, and those are the two guys that you're going to kind of hang your hat on as a program. Um, Kamari Lands may be the most important because of kids that are going to watch his development and depending upon how that goes, I think you may start to see some of these five-star commitments that we've been looking for. Um, you know, it, it's going to be one of those things where A.J. Johnson said he was not going to make a decision until after his high school season was done because he wanted to see what these teams were going to look like. Uh, and he wants to see what, you know, he said Kenny Payne's um, development pitch is crazy. And that's something that, that he really appeals to him. But he wants to see that in action. He wants to see those words in action. So I think Kamari Lands, uh, in a lot of ways, is probably going to be the most important player, even if it's not 
I mean, I, I, he's going to definitely still be important for what for the on-court success, but his development personally may be even more important. If that makes sense, is that does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, I, 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 and that's that's the thing that we've been waiting for. I think with Kenny and the recruiting, and and it's something that I haven't really, I've neglected when we when we talk about it. And and again, it's not it's not cheering against Kenny. It's just saying the recruiting didn't come in and take off the way a lot of people expected. And I understand, I, I totally understand people who jump in and get defensive and say, well, other coaches have been recruiting these kids since their freshman year in high school. Kenny's been in the NBA. That wasn't what was advertised though. And don't, don't play that revisionist history crap with me. A, a large contingency of the fan base was screaming at the top of their lungs. If Kenny becomes coach on Monday, we got five stars and rolling on Tuesday. Period. That's what people were selling. A lot of people were selling this that way, and to oh, ignore yeah. that is is false. So what we've been kind of waiting on because it hasn't taken off at the at the level some people expected. I didn't expect him to come in and, and sign the number one class. I didn't think this was going to be. I remember people saying, "Well, remember when Cal went to uh, went to Kentucky? You know, he brought John Wall and Demarcus Cousins. But that, that, that class was bought and paid for by Memphis Boosters." They were already coming to play for Cal. He could have gone and coached the the, the <clears throat> Jupiter Rockets. You know, like it didn't matter where he was coaching; those guys were going there. All what we're waiting on with Kenny is that one player. And if it turns out to be Kamari Lands, that's that's great because that means we're ahead of schedule. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like we talked about the gravity of being able to sign a kid like DJ Wagner. I mean, it was it was definitely, a, you know, DJ Wagner's a super talented player, and, you know, it's the type of player that you want to have in your program. But even from a symbolic standpoint, I think it's even more important because it's like a guy that – if you can get that guy, quote unquote, then other kids are going to follow, and that's going to kind of strengthen your long-term projections uh, as a basketball program. And, and that's why you have to have those bell cows or those people that other kids look up to to be like, I want to be like him. And if he got that guy together, then I know he can get me together. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's the that's the most important part of it. So um, I'm going to be very interested in that. I, I would say. Uh, development guy number two that Kenny Payne can probably hang his hat on is going to be Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Um, he's a young man, uh, 6'9", uh, all of 240 pounds, a very big young man, um, exceptional ball handler. Um, you know, of course, his mid-range jump shot, he, he likes to work in the mid-range, um, shoot shoot those little, uh, you know, 15, 18-foot fadeaways, um, you know, attack the basket using his athleticism. Um, but I'm going to tell you what. The thing about Brandon Huntley Hatfield, yes, he looks like an Adonis. Like when you see him get off the off the plane, he is definitely your all airport team. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's big, long, long arms. He just looks like an NBA player. Um, but with him, I feel like Kenny Payne's gonna have a bit more of his work cut out for him because because I tell you what, fellas, I get serious Jalen Withers vibes from. Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Like, I know it was just a red-white scrimmage, but knowing the issues that he had at Tennessee last year, 
Um, you know, I, w- w- one of the things about Tennessee is that they want guys that have a motor and guys that are going to go 100 miles an hour all the time and really just bring it at all times. Brandon didn't have that last year at Tennessee. Uh, and seeing him even in the red-white scrimmage where he's playing against his own guys and playing against guys, Jalen Weathers did not play in the scrimmage because he was nursing a bit of a nagging injury um, per Kenny Payne. Um, so, he, so Brandon was basically out there versus Zan Payne. Okay, you know, the, you know, when you're matched up against Zan Payne and some of these other guys that are walk-on level players, you should look like LeBron James out there. And right. and instead, Brandon, you know, he he goes out. I think he had 12 or 14 points. Uh, only had three rebounds uh, in the game, but he just did not dominate the way I would like him to. And I think that right there is very akin and similar to Jalen Withers because Jalen Withers some games will go out there and look like, you know, he could be a potential draft pick. And the next game, uh, you know, you got him on the side of a milk carton because you don't know what happened to him. Brandon definitely gives me a lot of that where he has all the tools to be a player, but <clears throat> just doesn't hasn't put it all together, and I and I got that feeling from from Jalen as well. You know, in in his first couple of years at Louisville, and I think that we're going to see something similar. So I think the the, the job for Kenny with um, BHH is going to be getting that relentless aggressiveness out of him and making him a guy who attacks all the time. Um, you know, I, I think those are the guys, uh, along with Jalen Withers, uh, to a lesser extent, those are going to be the guys that Kenny Payne's going to, if he's going to have his development and reclamation projects and, and, and that type of thing be his, um, his calling card, those are going to be probably the three guys that it's going to rest most heavily on, in my opinion. You know, I, I, I think that that's going to be um, where things start in. Uh, you know, the guard situation, Fabio Basile, um, super skinny, um, very crafty. I do like him a lot better than Hersey Miller. Um, I, I think Hersey is a okay player. Um, I would put Hersey Miller in the uh, out Haji Muhammad. Uh, if you want to go way back, uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I think that's who he is. You know, Al Haji was a kid that was not the most talented. Um, you know, he would work hard. He's not really a point guard. He's not really a shooting guard. He's just kind of just plays basketball. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like I, I, I mean, I don't necessarily. You know, man, the, the the nice way of saying that is he's a tweener. He he just dude that can play ball. Yeah, he just he doesn't hoops. really have a position. Yeah, he's just going out there hooping. You know what I'm saying? He because he, he hit a shot. He hit a three a three pointer from the corner. Um, you know, he had a decent defensive possession. He had one time where he kind of drove the lane and hit a little little fade away or made a nice little move. But I. I he doesn't seem like a guy that you're going to run the offense through, if that makes sense. Like He's not a guy who's going to necessarily facilitate and be a consistent um, guy to get other people's shots. And, you know, I, I think he, he would be best served. Like, I feel Fabio has more potential, um, you know, because he is a guy who runs the point like a true point guard. He's very crafty with the ball. He's, um, you know, is able to use his size because he is 6'5 to be able to get in there. The problem is he weighs like 100. Like, I think my son is literally bigger than Fabio. <laughs> And Cameron is a string bean. Like, so, like, calling him a string bean is almost an insult to string beans. Like, he's going to need to be in a weight program eating as many calories as possible. He's going to be a 5,000 calorie a day kid um, before he's going to be yeah, able to be a dream. serious threat. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the dream, man. Like, be on a scholarship at a, at a, at a D1 
legit school with a cafeteria and, and your own personal sh- Oh, man. Don't. <laughs> Look at getting your masters, man. Take that red shirt year too, because it's never going to be better than these days, boys. No, you better believe it. Yeah, I mean he's going to be eating omelets and and all the pasta you can find and potatoes and like that's going to be so his. Let his me life. see you on campus without a protein shake. <laughs> you don't have a protein shake and a Snickers bar. I'm gonna make you sit and be a nerd for a day, <laughs> burning no calories. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's going to be like the whole the, that's going to be the whole thing with with him. I think that um, just getting uh, get, getting Fabio ready from a physical standpoint is going to be the, the biggest challenge for him. Uh, but it looks like we have a, a call into the Wake Up 502 Buzz line. Caller, what's your name and your comments, sir? 502 Buzz, huh? Uh-oh. Yeah, the 502 Buzz line. That's right. What's going on, Jay? Good morning, brother. What's up, sir? Yeah. What's going on, sir? Yeah, we got the we got the full staff in here today. Got Haven Harrington in the studio. Got Joe on the line. Uh, what you got for us? Man, I'm excited about this game today. You know, let me tell you why I'm excited. Okay. It's going to be a nice day today. Um, I'm like Haven Harrington and, and Joe and yourself, too. I'm still not in the favor of Satterfield, but I was looking at something yesterday with Deion Sanders was saying yesterday about his team. You know, sometimes, man, it's, it's not always all about the coach, but it is about the coach, but it's about the players yeah, and, and the structure of the university. So Wake Forest will come here today and tear, Spike Lord will tell something terrible. And to make a long story short, they're going to beat them bad today, man. The Satterfield is back on the drawing board of ESPN. One of the coaches' vacancy jobs is still open. I saw that yesterday. Man, I'm excited about this beautiful day. Oh, I'm yeah. be like Haven Harris. I'm be like Haven Harris's twin, like he was last week. I'm be mad and miserable today, but I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and, I, and then you get to roll into the big yard to see Kenny Payne. He's not coaching yet. I don't know why he's not coaching. Danny, Danny managed the coach. I don't know what's going on with that program. Yeah, he was he was kind of letting uh, Danny and uh, and uh, Nolan do the coaching in the red white scrimmage. He was kind of just kind of floating back and forth, giving little nuggets of, of wisdom. <laughs> I spoke to, I spoke to Eric Southern last night. He's in town. Yes, and uh, he said, "Man, they're gonna beat the brakes off off of Louisville." Oh, uh, what, what he told uh, me. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, you know. That's, that's what you said. He, he asked about y'all, man. He said, "Where's your Where's your posse at?" I said, "Man, you know they you know, they up to something." <laughs> hey, hey, gonna be out there on <laughs> Sunday. We're gonna see whatever they're gonna bring. Hey, hey, Haven hey, Harrington, boy, you missed it on the night, boy. I seen the real Rashawn Myers on the night. Uh oh. and Joe, you have been in tears. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! No, no giving away the hipper information on on, on the, the the late nights. <laughs> Jay had to see me come out of come out of character. <laughs> oh man, that was hilarious! Boy, that was Facebook action. I, I missed that. You got Rashawn over here stuttering. Oh man, it was a good time. We had a good hey, time on Thursday night. <laughs> hey man, but I still want your boy in a, a grudge match. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> All that talking is about to be done. That's my biggest thing, Jay. Like starting tomorrow with the basketball program. 
You know, it's yep. time it's time to drop the ball. And, and, you know, of course, you have Lenore Ryan, which is court, coached by former Louisville Cardinal Everett Sullivan. They'll be coming in for the first exhibition. You have Chaminade yep. next Thursday. And then it gets going mm-hmm. for real. You got Bellarmine. So, yes, sir. Hey. Yes, sir. Hey, baby, Rashawn and Joe, one, one quick more thing. Let's yes, talk about the Lamar thing real quick. I saw Lamar Jackson really frustrated the other night. Yeah. And, yes, sir. And it, Hurt man, just really, he's really, really frustrated with with himself now. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard to be in sync now when you're frustrated, and that man ain't they ain't been paid on, he ain't paid, he ain't got his money yet, man. Yeah, he does. I feel so bad for the kid, man. I feel so bad for him, man. You know, but still, something else. Let me ask you all this, Jay. Before Jay, before you hang up, let me ask all of you all this. Tell me if I'm wrong. I looked at my buddy Dave uh, Thursday night. Do you remember the play when he when Lamar scrambled out of the pocket, rolled right, and his fullback right. uh, Ricard got that holding call on him? Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. Lamar jumped and threw the ball even before the whistle was blown, and he turned around and he screamed, "What the bleep!" And he was seriously fired up at his fullback. And I looked at Dave and said, "In all his years at Louisville, in his mm-hmm. first couple of years in the NFL, I don't recall him ever getting mad at a teammate." I don't ever recall Lamar being anything but cool, calm, and collect and looking like a guy in control. Am I wrong on that? Has he had a moment like that before, or is this the frustration coming out? I think it's the first time I've seen him like this with Sean and Hazen, to my my understanding. No, Joe, I I think you're right on, and I I agree with you too, uh, Jay. I I think that, like, the the pressure and the stress of the whole situation is definitely getting to Lamar. We even saw him hold up the sign that said, pay him. Uh, now, Pay him. you know, after the after the game was over with, I, I think that Lamar um, is very frustrated. Um, and, you know, he also sees that his team is not going out there. You see the Chiefs making moves to, to add players. You see uh, the Cardinals making moves to add players and trade for wide receivers the and the, the Ravens the Eagles as well. But the Ravens aren't doing anything. And, and I think between the fact that they're, they've not given him his contract yet. And on top of that, they're not trying to really build around them. They're not going out there. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., it came down to the fact that the Ravens didn't want to pay what Odell was asking. You know, is why mm. Odell's not with the Ravens. So, I mean, it's one of those things where clearly I think that, that he's frustrated um, and something's going to happen. You know, I think that, you know, I look at their schedule down the stretch. The Ravens only play one more game versus a team with a winning record. They have one, and that is, I believe, the Cleveland Browns, who are four and three at the very last game of the season. Every other team they play right, uh, the rest of the season uh, currently have a losing record. Oh, excuse me, no, it's mm-hmm. the Bengals. They play the Bengals, four and three Bengals, wow. the last game of the year. That's their only game left versus a team with a winning record. So they're about to put up a lot of wins. You know, they should put up a lot of wins. Oh, I, I think they will. I, I think I think that with the teams that they're playing, <laughs> like one of the advantages, Haven, of having your season kind of fall apart and ending up the worst team in the conf- in the uh, your division, you play the bottom place division teams from all the other conferences uh, on your schedule the following season. So yeah, the, the Ravens are about to get uh, have a very fat record. Um, I, I think there's no doubt about that. But yeah, I, I think that Lamar is going to have a, a very nice. Um, leg to stand on by the end of this year, but it's going to be interesting to see how this whole relationship continues to. I, I don't that like people keep talking about this franchise tag and thinking that that Lamar's going to get franchise. I just don't see that happening, man. I, I don't. I, I just think the, that the rumors that came out earlier this week was that that there are rumors that that floating around internally they had no intention of bringing him back next year. 
that's why they never did the contract extension. And man, I say get the hell out of there and go to New Orleans. I agree. No, I totally well, agree. Haven, quarterback well, Haven, Joe, and Rashawn, man, it's, it's always a pleasure, man, being a part of the, one of the baddest sports shows in the nation, man. 502, you know what I'm saying? Hey, Jay, I appreciate you calling in this morning, brother. 10-4, my buddy. All right, now. Have a good one. Yeah, Jay, Jay was trying to get me in trouble the other night, arguing with a Raiders. I, I had a, and we, I know we about to hit the break because I know we're gonna have Leanne Herring coming up on the other side. But I had a Ravens fan after the Ravens won the game, a Ravens fan sitting there at the place that we were at said, "Forget Lamar Jackson." The man was literally wearing a Lamar Jackson Ravens jersey at the time in which he said, "Forget Lamar Jackson." After Lamar wins them the game <laughs> the other night, says we don't need him. We win with defense in the running game. Like that's in 2012. You did. <laughs> I was like, have you paid attention to the defense? This you year, understand brother? that. Damn it, man. That Ray Lewis and Reddy have been retired for a decade now. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, yeah, it, the hell. I, like Ray, the Ravens fans, like the, it's, it's crazy because even some of the fans have started to um, turn on Lamar. Like with, with the, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, but you know, it is what it is, fellas. Uh, you know, but we're gonna go ahead hit this break. We're gonna have Leanne Herring on the other side. Pick segment coming up on Wake Up Five Hundred Two. Rashad Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly. We'll be back. time it is when you hear that music welcome back to wake up 502 Rashawn Myers Haven Harrington Joe Kelly taking care of you got Leanne Herring on the line uh g- g- had uh, some technical difficulties uh was trying to get uh, uh our man Wayne on uh Wayne I apologize for that but uh make sure you uh kick it in stay tuned these phone lines get a little squirrely from time to time Leanne how you doing doing good doing good how are y'all doing Man, I tell you what, there's a whole lot going on, Leanne. There's so much football going on. It, it, it's it's just I can't I almost can't stand it. Got Kentucky uh, football got a big one today. Louisville football obviously has a big one today. So uh, you know, I, I feel like we got we're gonna have to to jump into it and run. Uh, and- uh, exactly. I mean, it's gonna be a huge week nine. If we thought week eight had a lot of a lot of ups and downs, I mean, week nine is gonna be filled, especially with all the undefeated. We we went from fifteen teams, now we're down to six with the top four all playing matchups today. I mean, we're talking one, two, three, and four. There's a big possibility for some upsets there. Of course, Clemson on a bye week, so they're safe. And you got number TCU heading to West Virginia, hoping that they should clear that game, hoping they're gonna remain undefeated. And then you got teams like Oregon at number eight and teams like Oklahoma State you know trying to be relevant back in the picture I think the Oregon Ducks are probably the only team right now hoping and rooting for the um, you know Georgia taking them to the woodshed because you know Georgia remaining undefeated gives Oregon a really good chance um, as if they remain a one-loss team so there's a lot of storylines going on especially for those undefeated teams especially for those creeper teams trying to get in that playoff picture so let's let's get to it absolutely so of course I'm gonna go ahead and get the uh 
the the game that everybody wants to talk about. I'm gonna get that out of the way, uh, you know, the first. So you know, let's let's go ahead. Let's head to right here to the 502 Cardinal Stadium, 3:30 kick, Louisville. Um, they are uh, a three-point underdog. Uh, it looks like right now, uh, per, uh, per uh, Caesar Sportsbook, it, it, Wake Forest is a three-point favorite um, on the road at Louisville. Um, what are you thinking with this one? It, it's it's a, it's a spread that's a lot closer than I would have thought it would have been, Leanne. I thought it was going to be a lot. I thought it was going to be a lot larger spread. I thought Louisville, you know, there was going to be a lot more favor wake points. But I think, um, I think with the way every with the way Louisville played last week, you know, nobody expected a uh, Louisville to pull that pull that win. And and you know, it was a, it, like I said, it was a must need win. I think Louisville's playing that mentality now. The question is, can they do it again? This would be a huge opportunity. Of course, wake coming on, you know, wake coming to the Ville at number ten. I like Louisville this week. I, I'm going to go with Louisville. I feel like um, I feel like if they can click and I and do what they did last week and then up it up and you know just keep grinding it out and finding ways to win and keeping it close so I'm going to take Louisville to cover on those three points I know it's a real slim margin but I like what they did last week now they got to do it again this week and they got to step it up and stay consistent they can't let this game get too far so I'm going to take Louisville on the points again um, on this one and I'm going to take the under 65 I think Louisville the smartest thing for them to do is to keep it close and not like Wake Forest get too much in that backfield and, and get them off and uh, keep them off the field so they're going to have to play really hard they're gonna to have to play consistent but i'm gonna go with the cards again this week um i think it's just one of those times and one of those weeks um so i'm gonna go with the cards again wow nice nice haven what are you thinking i agree wow nice. 100 and totally 110 percent agree with leanne because she's a genius i like it I feel like you're pandering for 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 brownie points there, but I, I I'll I, I'll take. I, no, I am not pandering. I'm at my <laughs> my bank account is saying that she's correct because she has been correct this entire season. Yes, and my bank account thanks you. There we go. All right, so so you're gonna take Louisville in the points as well. Okay, Joe Kelly, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going uh, cards, man. They've they've looked good two weeks in a row now, uh, or two games in a row, and something that we failed to mention today. We got our running back Evans back today, so he'll be back in the fold. Hopefully yeah. that helps uh, with the with what Leanne was talking about, just grind it out. Keep the defense fresh. If you keep the defense fresh, we can establish a good running game. If we can get pressure on the ball, I like cards. There we go. And in, in my best Lee Corso voice, I'm going to say, not so fast, my friends. I think Wake Forest gets it done. I don't think it's going to be necessarily that close. I feel like, to me, the reason I'm going to take Wake Forest and I'm going to lay those three points is because Louisville has not, you know, they have not faced that challenge as far as through the air um, that they are going to get posed today with Sam Hartman and this Wake Forest offense. Um, I, I think that the, the secondary, unfortunately, has had some holes in it, some communication on the back end. Um, Wake Forest is going to feast on, on that. They've been able to score on everybody they've played, um, and I just don't know. I, I think that Louisville will play well. I just don't know if they'll be able to score enough points to keep up. Um, so I am going to take Wake Forest. I'm going to lay the three. I think that Louisville will keep it competitive like they have the last couple of games with Wake Forest, but I see the Demon Deacons probably pulling away and maybe winning by 10 points late. Um, so I'm going to take Wake Forest on that one. All right, so that, that that's, the, that's the first one. Now the other game that the other half of the state is interested in, 
because we know it's split right down the middle, half and half between Louisville Kentucky fans in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> uh, the UK Wildcats on the road at Tennessee, number three, undefeated. Tennessee is an 11-and-a-half-point favorite at home. So if you're taking Kentucky, you're going to get 11-and-a-half points. That seems like an awful lot of points. Leanne, what do you think about that one? I, I agree with Sean. That's a lot of points to give Tennessee as good as they're doing. You know, this is going to, when I said that there was a chance that Tennessee could upset Alabama, this is kind of how I feel about UK having the opportunity to be on the road and upset out at upset Tennessee on the road at Neyland today. Uh, 11, I'm going to take Kentucky on the, on the points. I think that's a lot of points. You know, I think Tennessee will, you know, if they get it done, they're going to get it done by a slim margin. I think Kentucky is just, um, is there, they have the right blend to, to call an upset alert. They've been able to even, even not having a pass rush, Kentucky's been able to contain um you know contain uh, a lot of the a lot of the offenses and and they've also you know just been able to have a better time of possession on the clock and have better can ball control and like i said even without pass rush they've they've been able to play well will levis is going to have to have a hell of a game he's going to have to take it to the air of uh, where his strong points is and they're going to have to run down tennessee which is extremely hard because you know if anyone says how you describe tennessee is fast they work fast they play mm-hmm. fast they score fast you know and we talked about how hooker has been a great Great job at QB, but talk about the backfield and his receiving corps. They've been excellent. They have a balanced ground and game attack, so they're just very difficult to stop. But I think Kentucky, if they can keep it on, they can hang with them. But they're going to have to make they're going to have to make some big plays because where Tennessee also, aside from playing fast and playing well, they're extremely great in the red zone. Even when they don't have their stellar defense and it's not performing, they're great in the red zone and they're great in converting third down. So Kentucky's going to have a big, huge road test coming into this one. But I'm going to take the Cats um, for those 11.5 points because I think that they're going to be able to hang with Tennessee and find a way to slow them down and contain them. Uh, Haven, what do you think? Uh, Okay. I think Kentucky could do it. But unfortunately, I think Kentucky's offensive line just isn't up to the task of keeping Will Levis' jersey clean Mm. long enough to make it happen. And being at home – and the way, especially the way Tennessee has been playing the past couple of weeks, man, I'm going to take Tennessee. And I don't think 11 points is really all that much considering how UK's offense has you know, has scored in, in fits and spurts, right? Mm-hmm. Levis hasn't, like I said, you know, the offensive line isn't what it was the past couple of years. Levis hasn't been able to get the deep ball out as much as you would like him to do. Him to do. Kentucky has very, very talented receivers. I don't think Levis is going to have enough time to get them. Uh, Rodriguez is a beast, probably one of the best running backs in the SEC, if not in the country. But, you know, with the poorest offensive line, this kind of sets everything back. And, and that's really the foundation of football is the offensive and defensive lines. And uh, with Kentucky not really getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, Tennessee being at home, give me the balls, baby. There we go. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Kelly, what say you? I hate both these dumbass teams. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm just, I'm just going to go on and throw this out here, man. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with the school. That, that What's the old joke about them? They, they, they wear orange so they can pick up trash on Friday, go to the game on Saturday, and then go back to jail on Monday. Um, they scored – they scored more points on Alabama than a school, than anybody has since like 1908. 
Yeah. Hey, it's it, it's it, 2022 appears to be the year of the Hill Jack. Go balls, Rocky Top, baby. Wow. All right, there we go. Uh, Joe, Joe and, and Haven both rolling with Rocky Top. I tell you what, um, I have watched these teams play, and, and I am going to take UK. I'm going to take those 11 and a half points. I don't think Kentucky is going to win the game outright. But I have just watched them play. Regardless of who is kind of the, the larger favorite, it always seems like it comes down to a field goal, um, you know, type game with, between these two teams. And I think that Kentucky's going to find a way to keep it close. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be some special teams. It's going to be some weird, funky things that happen. But give me UK. Um, I'll take those 11 and a half points. But I do think that Tennessee will get the win. So I, that, that, that's where I'll roll on that one. Uh, let's go ahead and roll to the uh, the early slate uh, in the Big Ten, uh, Leanne. We have uh, number two Ohio State on the road at uh, one loss Penn State, 6-1, and one, number 13 in the country. But Ohio State is a 15-and-a-half point favorite on the road at Happy Valley. Uh, that That's, a, that's a, once again, a lot of points uh, for a team that only has one loss. Exactly. Uh, you know, Ohio State, uh, you know, gets those points. And um, I'm going to roll with Penn State on this one. Uh, I think Ohio State's going to get it done. I don't like them for 15 and a half points to get it done. You know, they haven't been exceptional. I know they're, you know, still, uh, they haven't been exceptionally impressive on offense. But what has been exceptionally impressive uh, for Ohio State um, is they, they rank se- second in national total defense, which has been their bread and butter. Another state, uh, you know, another strong stage setting for uh, C.J. Stroud for his Heisman campaign. So there's a lot of Ohio State, obviously, playing for they're also at number two they're trying to stay up in there you know playoffs and and there's a lot to play for but we're also on the road at happy valley this is going to be one of those blue collar gritty where x's and o's are going to play a huge factor but the momentum the rivalry i like what penn state's doing i think that the i think that the backfield and the speed um and experience of penn state can hang uh hang with ohio state i especially think the the nitty lions a secondary uh can hang with those ohio state receivers so i'm going to keep it close so i'm going to take i'm going to take penn state and happy Valley to cover with those points, and I'm going to take the under for 61. I think Ohio State uh, pulls out the win slightly, but I think this is going to be another interesting, close game. Uh, some weird plays like you could, like you uh, were talking about UK Tennessee special teams. It's going to come down to like like that. But I think uh, secondary for the for the Penn State Lions, you know, nitty gritty is going to be nitty gritty, and it's going to hang with Ohio State. Um, and I'm going to take Penn State on that one to cover in uh, the under 61. There we go, Haven. What do you think? Oh wow. Uh, as as I peer into my football crystal ball, <laughs> and I look over the the greatness that is the Big Ten landscape. Give me Ohio State and the points because I just don't see Penn State just doing. I mean, it's it's Penn State. Penn State's gonna come out there with a slow man ball. I I just I, I honestly I think that they will just be completely overwhelmed by Ohio State now. I will say this, the game will start out close because Ohio State has been a, a notoriously slow starting team. Right. So it's going to give a lot of people hope. Ohio State and Day will give people hope <clears throat> until like halftime. And then all hope will be lost. <laughs> and Ohio State's going to take over to smash them. Destroy them. Okay, Joe, what do you think? I think Ohio State gets the win, but I don't think they're covering the points. That's a that's a lot at Happy Valley. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Ohio State can win by two touchdowns, and I don't think that's necessarily a diss. But 15 and a half, man, that is that is a large number to cover on the road against a, a Penn State team that is is decent. You know, I, I don't think they're great. They should have lost to uh, 
Um, you know, that they should have lost to, to Purdue <clears throat> start the season, and they haven't played the greatest schedule. Um, but at Happy Valley, um, at home, um, I, I don't. I just don't see Ohio State winning by more than just a couple of touchdowns. So you gotta have faith, bro. I, I, I think the Buckeyes win it. Um, but you gotta I, have faith. I'll take them fifteen and a half points for the home dog. I, I, I'll take that. <laughs> uh, next, uh, next one. We're rolling. You know what? Uh, th- this is a game I, I, I want to look at just because it's an interesting spread, Leanne. Um, and that is Syracuse at home. Uh, versus Notre Dame, I have Syracuse. Of course, they're they're they're, they're one loss uh, currently. Um, they're only a one and a half point favorite over Notre Dame. Notre Dame is traveling up there to the dome. Um, what are you thinking on that one? That 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 one's very interesting. For me, it's yeah. I was right there with you because, like you said, it's a very slim margin. They're playing at home. You don't know what Notre Dame's going to do. Uh, Syracuse, I think, is you know, I always, I've been going with them a lot this season. I just think because they they play, they're one of those gritty teams. Like I say, you know, and right now, you know, you could take either one. How you play, how they're going to play. I'm going to take Syracuse on this one at home. I just like them when they play at home, even if it's Notre Dame. I'm going to take Syracuse on this one for the slim margin, and I, I'm going to think. I think this one may go over 48 points. So I'm going to be. I'm going to not take the under this weekend. I'm going to go for 48 over 48 in that one. I think it's just going to be an interesting matchup. Notre Dame's probably going to come out that hey, they may pull the upset, but I think I like Syracuse at home on the road because, um, yeah. I, like I said, I, I'm just not convinced on Notre Dame this whole season what they're going to do. It's either going to go high or low. They're either going to have a rule really good game blow it out or they're just gonna you know hit the fan definitely definitely haven what do you think on this one syracuse one and a half point uh favorite at home oh god i can't believe you picked this game i know it's a tough one but it, i just saw no it. Just no because because the game is just, it's just uninteresting <laughs> that's why i can't believe you picked it so like, of all the games you could have picked you picked like one of the most uninteresting games hey, but it's an interesting spread you know it's we all about making money here haven so you that's know. what i'm saying well, at least i'm gonna make money something interesting <laughs> yeah it's like making money on, like, which snail's going to win this race. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I mean, really, it's Notre Dame. They're a bunch of bums. I mean, Notre Dame is god-awful. They've struggled against almost everybody they played. Literally, they struggled against everybody they played. Even, like, the weak teams they're supposed to beat, they struggled. And Syracuse. I mean, who, who knows? But give me Syracuse. Whatever points they're giving Syracuse, I have, like, zero faith in Notre Dame to get it done. Fair enough. Joe, what do you think? Syracuse, man, like I said earlier, I said going into week one when we opened against Syracuse, they're a better team than people think. you gotta, you got to ignore the uniform. Yeah. I know it's weird saying Syracuse is a good defense. They are. I think they've got the best linebacking, linebackers and secondary in, in the ACC when you look at them as, as a complete unit, those two parts of it. Um, and to Haven's point, Notre Dame's absolute clown shoes. Uh, uh, Brian Kelly's looking smart as hell, even with his fake Cajun accent. <laughs> he he yeah. got out for. Yeah, I mean, I don't was, think so, I don't think really... football Jesus could even help Notre Dame in this one. I mean, it's, uh, you can say a oh. lot of prayers on that one. I just don't. I don't know if football Jesus could help Notre Dame in this one. <laughs> no, ma'am. Touchdown Jesus took this season off. <laughs> hey, hey, hey um, you know I, I'm right there with you, Joe. I, I say this. To me, I'm going to give you my best New York uh, no, point don't. spread guy don't. accent. Don't do it. This is my stone cold lead pipe lock. Lock it down. Syracuse is going to get it done. Take Syracuse. Lay the one and a half. You're going to go home happy. That was like the worst New York accent. And the most uninteresting, interesting game of the week. Yes. That is the worst New York accent I've ever heard in my entire life. You sound like somebody from New Orleans trying to trying to perpetrate – 
a New York accent. Just stop it. <laughs> this game was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what this game is. This yes. game was like, which paint's going to drive the fastest? That, that game is the red. The red paint from Walmart <laughs> or the blue paint from the dollar store. Hey, that's which free. paint's going to drive faster? That's all right. That's, hey, that's free money, Haven. That's what that is. That's free money. They giving away, practically giving it Dude, away. Dude, that's hard, but nice on Jamaican. Just stop it. Just stop it. Hey, nice on Jamaican. But, but here's what's funny about this matchup. Can you think of another matchup between two random schools that have had more movies made about them? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's that's fair. True. See, that's a good point. That's a fun fact. That's, that's a hilarious. fun fact. Right so you, you got that going for you. Uh, yeah. If you're a trivia buff. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, hey, we love Rudy. Uh, all right, Leanne, we going to the Big 12 the in this we next do. one. No, we don't. <laughs> wow. That's hey, Notre Dame. Y'all are special. Oklahoma State on the road, the team that I just don't know how to take them right now. Oklahoma State on the road, number nine. They're still ranked number nine this week. Uh, on the road at number 22, Kansas State, another team that I'm kind of hot and cold on. Um, Kansas State is the one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, favorite. The home team is laying one-and-a-half at home. Uh, you know, So number nine is the, the underdog. What are you thinking about this one in the Big 12? I'm right there with you, Sean, on, on which way it's going to go. You know, these teams have had glimmers of, of playing really good, playing really strong. For this one, somebody's going to – I mean, Oklahoma State, if they want to keep up in the nine, they want to try to be relevant in the playoff picks. This, for me, is an elimination game for the Big 12, you know, to get to the conference championship. Because you got TCU still rolling undefeated. They're the clear favorite in the Big 12. You know, they got, they're on the road against West Virginia. You know, so they should win that game. But you never say never, especially in, in way college football rolls and being undefeated teams, So. I like Oklahoma State. I like Oklahoma State in this one just because we're not sure if Adrian Martinez is going to be – he's questionable up to game time if he's going to be quarterbacking or starting this game for K-State. And I feel like if K-State doesn't get on a roll early, Oklahoma State is just going to try to to bring out all the cylinders because, like I said, they're playing for conference championship. They're playing for pay, playoffs. And in games like this, you know, X's and O's play – like I keep – I'm going to say it in week nine over and over. X and O's play a really big part, but when you're in Oklahoma State – and you're number nine, you know, you're relevant in the in the Big 12, which is, uh, you know, not saying a lot. But you're going to be – you have the opportunity if, you know, one, two, three, and four, you get undefeated, that you could make, you know, a chance for a playoff run. You know, Oklahoma State, like I said about Louisville, this is a win – this is a need-to-win situation for mm-hmm. them. So they're going to have to come out strong. They're going to have to come out strong. And with, like I said, with K-State being questionable, that Oklahoma State defense, you know, they're just going to have to fire an all-cylinder. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State for the – because this is a must-win must for Oklahoma State if they want to stay relevant in the playoff in the bigger scheme of things. So I'm going to take the Cowboys on the road against K-State, like I said, because we don't know if Adrian Martinez is going to, is going to be the starter. We don't know how K-State you know, will play if, if he's not, you know, how they're going to get the role on. Because they have the ability to do it. It's just can they get it done early and quick before Oklahoma State has the chance to strike. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys on the road just because I feel like X's and O's are going to mean a lot. They're playing for a lot more than X's and O's in this one. Definitely, definitely. Haven, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm not thinking, actually. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, because, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I've underestimated K-State all season long because it's K-State. And that's yeah. wrong. If Martinez was healthy and ready to go, I would pick K-State all day long to actually lay the smack down hmm. on Okie State. Okie State showed me a lot last week when they lost. <laughs> um, their quarterback is still not one – not 100% for Oklahoma State, but he's in better shape than obviously Martinez. I would say let's pick the team with the best defense, but this is the Big 12, so you know defense is always optional. 
Yeah. It's very it obvious. Shows up, it shows up, it may show up, it may not show up. That's right. So, you know what? To me, this is like a toss-em. Vegas considers a toss-em. I've underestimated K-State, their coach, and their ability to get it done. I'm not going to make that same mistake this week. Give me K-State, man. Okay. I'm going right. with K-State only because I want to see chaos. There we go. Hey, uh, Joe, what do you think? All right. So, typically, one of my rules of thumb is don't trust a millionaire with a mullet. <laughs> but this is a back-against-the-wall situation. And if your back's against the wall, my money's always on the dude with a mullet. So, I think Oklahoma State and, and the fighting. Okay, so, so, so he picked you, the fighting mullets. There we go. Oklahoma State. You know what? And, and I'm going to agree. I, I think that mullet Oklahoma. Corner. I, I think Oklahoma State gets it done as well. I, I, I like the Cowboys in this matchup. Their only loss was on the road at TCU, 43-40. Um, which isn't a bad loss. TCU still undefeated. So um, give me Oklahoma State to get it done. Martinez's health is definitely a big factor in that as well. Um, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I know we only got a couple minutes left. Leanne, what, what, what are a couple other games that, that you want to highlight and give the folks before we get out of here today? I think we got to talk about that Florida-Georgia game. That's a big game in the SEC. Um, the question is, is, is Georgia going to keep rolling? You know that, like I said, those, uh, everyone out in Eugene, even though they got they got taken to the woodshed by those dogs, they're rooting for Georgia to keep rolling because, you know, Oregon, a loss, being a one-loss team to Georgia isn't a bad get in the long run. So you got all those ducks hoping that there's gonna, they're going to win in Jacksonville and keep rolling. You know, the O-line for Florida has been playing really well. You know, they've held up. But they're going to have to run the ball. Florida's going to have to create some big spaces. And, you know, QB Anthony Richardson's going to have to have an almost perfect day to be able to roll. There's a lot of points. I think I had it up at uh, 20. I think the line's up to 23. You know, I think UGA is going to get it done. Are they going to get it done by 20, 23 points? I'm not sure about this one just because it's in a neutral side. I like Florida in this one um, to cover, but I like UGA to keep rolling um, to go to 8 0. Just because I think that UGA brings the most, you know, best combo of explosiveness and, and ball control and, you know, Seth and Ben's been getting it done. So I'm going to say UGA rolls on this one before it is going to cover those 23 points. There we go. Uh, is, is that your last one? Do you have any sleep, super sleepers this week or are, are you? Are you uh, that- super sleepers this week. I like Georgia Tech for 23 to cover it on the road against Florida State. I also like uh, number 10 USC. Um, uh, they're the they're the favorites. Uh, I think I had them at fourteen and a half. They are on the road at Arizona. I like four. I like uh, I like the Wildcats at Arizona to cover at fourteen and a half. So those are my two sleepers. And I like South Carolina to uh, surprisingly cover those three and a half points at home because I don't know what goes on in South Carolina, but you know <laughs> when they're at home and that team is just a weird team in the yeah. SEC. Yeah. You know, uh, but I'm going to take South Carolina uh, to cover those three and a half points um, at home. There we go. Well, Leanne, I appreciate it. Until next week, thank you so much. Let's go. Have a great game day. There we go. All right. There's Leanne Herring. Fellas, it has been a wonderful morning. It's always too fast, but uh, we'll see what happens. Cardinals on, on the football field and the basketball court. I appreciate you guys today. Yes, sir. See you this afternoon. There we go. Hey, come on out. 1481 South uh, Shelby Street, 21st in Germantown. Game yeah. watch party is going down, y'all, 4 yeah. o'clock. Hey, with the, for, for Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, I'm out of here. Big Exports Radio.